Amen. We're so excited for Thursday night, really. You're, you want to come. You want to see. It's such a cool thing to just see our community show up. We've already been getting emails and texts this week of people that are in need of school supplies. Are you guys going to be giving away backpacks again? So it's a really beautiful thing. So uh, make sure that you sign up to, to come support that event. Um, if I haven't met you, my name is Christy Kerr. My husband Jeff and I are the pastors here at Homestead. Jeff is not here today. He's on his way home from a road trip to Canada that I politely declined the 22 hours in the car. I decided I would rather stay here with you guys. Um, but he sends his greetings. He will be back later today. Um, but we are finishing, uh, not finishing, we're continuing on with our series that we have been in this summer called Grow. And this summer we have been taking the time to go through and talk about spiritual gifts. These are gifts listed in the Bible of things that the Holy Spirit gifts believers with so that we can grow as people grow as followers of Christ, and then we can impact the world for the kingdom of God. And so we've been talking about all of these spiritual gifts listed in scripture. These are gifts given to believers by the Holy Spirit to help with the ministry of the church. And so I thought I would just do a quick recap in case you've forgotten some of the key points that we've been talking about. The first thing is that every believer... Every believer is given a spiritual gift at conversion. So that means when you became a Christian, when you asked Jesus to come into your heart and into your life, the Holy Spirit imparted you with a spiritual gift. This is something that he gave you so that you have something to serve the kingdom of God, a gift for you to use in the body of Christ. Now, this will typically align with your natural gifts, kind of where you're, you're bent, what you kind of naturally lean towards. So, But they give you an extra measure of anointing and power. And lastly, spiritual gifts are given for the benefit of the church. We've been talking about 1 Corinthians 12, 7, which says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Your gifts are given to you for you to grow in, but they are not for you. They are not to make you feel better about yourself. They're not given to you to make you more successful. They're not given to you to increase your position or notoriety. Spiritual gifts are given to help the kingdom of God grow, right? And we've been saying over and over, you grow so we grow. You grow in your gifts. You discover how God has uniquely gifted you. You learn how to operate in that manifestation of the Spirit in your life. You learn how to grow and use your gifts. And as you grow, we grow. Not just Homestead, although when you operate in your gifts here at Homestead, the church operates great. We can't do it without everybody. But it's also the big C church. The big church, the kingdom of God grows when you use the gifts God has given you and you use them to shine the light of Christ around the world. So I want to just quick show you a spiritual gift list. So this is just the ones that are listed in scripture. You can see Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4 are the main passages where they're actually listed out. Now, scholars say there's, doesn't mean that that's the only spiritual gifts there are. These are just the ones that we find in scripture. And you can see uh, the ones in brown are the ones that we have already talked about. Now, I'm telling you this because I want to encourage you, if you've missed a week and in the summer that happens, go online, go back and listen to what these spiritual gifts are. Go back and listen because the reason that we're doing this is we want you to be able to identify some of the things that might be in you. 
because we want every single person at Homestead to know what their spiritual gifts are. And in, the, uh, in early September, we're going to take some time, do some spiritual gifts assessments, and then have a time for you to be able to sign up for a place to serve. Maybe we want to align your gifts with the places that we have within the church and within the larger church. We want to help you find places to serve. So I encourage you, go back. We're not going to cover all of them. Um, when I handed out, uh, you know, I sent the staff, they could pick all the ones they wanted to preach on. Nobody took voluntary poverty or celibacy. I tried. They all, nobody wanted to preach on that. So we're not going to cover all of them. Um, but next week, Colonel's going to be preaching on hospitality and, and helps. And we're going to cover the last few uh, at the end of the summer. But I encourage you, go back. Spend some time. At the end of the summer, you should be able to identify one or two spiritual gifts that are unique to you. Can we all do that? Yes? Oh, good. Okay. Now listen, it's a sleepy morning. I woke up and I looked outside and went, oh no, everybody's going to be snoozy at church. So you're all awake or am I going to need you to like do the hokey pokey and turn ourselves around? Can they all be with me today? All right. Okay. So today we are going to talk about something really amazing. We are going to talk about the spiritual gift of miracles and healing. And I have been praying that God is going to show up powerfully today and he is going to demonstrate his power, and his might in this service. Amen? Amen? Now, this is really important that we talk about this because there are different schools of thought in different churches, and you might have grown up in a tradition that doesn't believe that miracles and healing still exist today. There are people that believe that miracles and healing were only for Jesus and only for his disciples and that they don't exist anymore. But let me tell you, I believe and we fully believe here at Homestead that God still does miracles. And I believe and I fully, we fully believe here at Homestead that God still heals people, right? John 14, 12 says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I am going to be the Father. Jesus promised when the Holy Spirit came that we would see the same manifestations of the Spirit that Jesus did, and even greater works would follow us. That means that not only do I believe that Scripture fully supports the idea that healing and miracles still happen today, I can tell you with absolute confidence that I believe that God still does miracles and healings today because I've seen it with my own eyes. And I've experienced it in my own body. And I've experienced it in my family. And I've seen God do it in the lives of people I love. And this is a part of how God shows up for his people. Um, I'm going to be really emotional about this today because we have had a miracle this week for one of our young people in our church. There was a girl who had been really struggling for the last month with some really severe health complications. And it was really traumatic and it was difficult and her symptoms were going on and on and she had gone to doctor after doctor after doctor and they couldn't figure out what was going on and I talked to her mom even last week and she was saying I just they don't even know what to do at this point they're just going to kind of stop and try and start over they don't know what to do and it was weighing on her emotionally and physically and this week she was at camp and on Tuesday night she went forward and asked for prayer for her body and immediately every one of those symptoms stopped and have not come back and yesterday morning, I talked to her mom, and I said, I can't stop crying about this. Because when you're praying, and you're believing, and you're seeing someone suffering, and then you see the hand of God come and touch a 12-year-old girl, this is how good our God is. 
This is something that defies what we can understand with our own eyes, but we know that God does the miraculous. And today we're going to talk about these gifts, and then we're going to pray for people. We're going to pray for people that need healing in their bodies, and we're going to believe that God is more than able to do something miraculous among us today. Amen? Amen. So let's just open in prayer. God, I thank you so much for the miracle that we've even heard in our church family this week. I thank you that you are the God who cares about our sickness and our infirmity and our brokenness. That you don't just ignore it, but that you care. God, you care for about all the things that we're going through. And I pray today that there would be a special power of the Holy Spirit here today. Lord, I believe that you're going to heal. You're going to set people free. And we are trusting in the goodness of God here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, let's talk about miracles. Here is the definition of a miracle. A miracle is an unexpected outpouring of God's power in an event that defies ordinary explanation, which occurs for the purpose of advancing God's kingdom. You don't have to read very long in the Bible to see that miracles are a key component of how God works in Scripture, in the Old Testament, in the ministry of Jesus, and all throughout the New Testament and the early church, we see miracle after miracle after miracle. As a matter of fact, there's more than 80 miracles recorded in the Old Testament, and in the New Testament, there's more than 83. And some of those references say there were so many miracles performed that we couldn't even write them all down. So it lets us know that miracles are a part of the foundation of the church, the foundation of our faith. God performs miracles all throughout the Bible as a demonstration of his power. And here's just a couple of the ways that we see why God does miracles. We see him do miracles to provide for people's needs, just like he provided manna in the desert when people needed food, and he turned water into wine. We see God do miracles to protect his people, like the parting of the Red Sea in Exodus and the calming of the storm on the Sea of Galilee in Matthew. And we see God do miracles to relieve human suffering, just like with the woman with the issue of blood who was healed when she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And God still uses miracles today to demonstrate his power in the same way. He miraculously provides for people in ways that defy logic. How many of you have had God provide in a way that does not make sense? I know for us, miracle upon miracle in the way God has provided for us. God protects his people miraculously. Just this last month, we have had two families in our church have very severe car accidents with rollovers, and they have walked away. You cannot tell me that God does not do the miraculous by protecting people, right? I've seen it with my own eyes. And God still performs miracles to relieve human suffering out of his compassion and mercy and goodness. And the amazing thing in all of the miracles listed in scripture, almost every single one of them involve a person, a human agent that God uses who speaks and helps usher in that miracle. We see it in Moses and Joshua and Elisha and Peter and Paul. These are all humans with no supernatural power of their own, but people who walk closely with God and who God uses to perform the miracles, an agent of the miracle. They're all humans that God uses. 
So today I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how we can be people that God can speak to, God can use for us to pray and that help God do these miracles here on earth. So I want you to turn to Acts chapter 3, and we're going to see a story of how God used Peter, not only to heal someone, but we're going to look at the multiple outcomes, the results that came from this one moment of healing. So in Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1, it says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. When all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God, when they realized that he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. What an incredible miracle, right? We see the relief of human suffering, and we see a public demonstration of God's power in front of all these people who knew this man who would beg at the gate every single day. But that is not the only outcome of this miracle. Look down at verse 12. It says, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, why is this so why, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we have made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. Verse 16, through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. So Peter continues to preach to these large crowds who are there because of the miracle. And then he's arrested by the Jewish leaders, and they're trying to keep him quiet. Don't tell anybody else about what has happened. But Acts 4.4 tells us that the result of his preaching after that miracle is this. Many of the people who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed now totaled 5,000 people. So God healed a man. God did a public demonstration of his power, and now we see 5,000 people come to faith in Jesus Christ because of that witness of the demonstration of God's power. So the next day, Peter and John are brought before the high council of priests, the biggest leaders in all the land, the leaders of the Jewish faith, another opportunity that they never would have had outside of this miracle. And then Peter preaches the gospel to them. And then they're saying this, we don't know what we should do with these men, they asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign, and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. So the council threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. 
for everyone was praising God for the miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. I wanted to show you all the aspects of this story because, yes, God healed that man, and it was very personal. God relieved his suffering, but the outcome of that miracle had so many layers to it. There was the relief of human suffering, a demonstration of the power of God, the salvation of 5,000 people, an opportunity for the gospel to be preached to the leadership of the land, and the defense of the disciples before their enemies because they could not deny the power of God that had been exercised in that man. This is the power of miracles because the miracle itself is a beautiful gift of God, but how he uses it to show other people who he is so that people would come to believe in Jesus Christ, that is also a miracle, right? And I read stories like this, and I think, how can anyone think Christianity's boring? This is amazing, right? We can see that the God of scriptures is a God of miracles. And we can see that the God of miracles uses human agents in the implementation of these miracles. And Paul clearly lists the gift of miracles as one of the spiritual gifts given to the church in order to benefit the church. So what does that mean for us today as we're talking about spiritual gifts? Well, the first thing it means is that all of us should be ready to pray for miracles. All of us should be believing God for miracles, right? We've talked through this whole series that all of this, all of us have these gifts to some measure. We're all called to evangelize. We're all called to give. We're all called to help. And so for all of us, we have the call to pray and believe God for miracles. I am praying for my faith to be built up to ask God to do the supernatural, I'm praying for boldness to step up when I feel the Spirit speaking to me to pray for something that defies human logic and reasoning. But the truth is, many of us, we don't ever pray for miracles, right? We pray for what we can understand. We pray for what makes sense to us. We think, okay, God, here's this issue, and we start to trace out the plan that we believe that would be the best course of action, and then we say, okay, God, please do it this way. And yet I have been so challenged that God is like, when are you going to trust me for what I am able to do? My ways are so high above your ways. And not only can I do a miracle in the immediate situation, when I perform something supernaturally, the ripple effects are more than you could ever imagine. And the Lord has been challenging me in my prayer life to ask for those big things, to ask for God to set people free, to ask for him to heal to pray for outcomes that are beyond my own understanding? What if we all begin to ask God for the faith to believe for something beyond what makes sense to us? What if we begin to embrace the mystery of God that we won't be able to figure out on our own, but understand he's so much bigger than anything we could imagine, and we just lean into his power and his goodness? So all of us need to be challenged to pray for the gift of miracles that God would speak to us. But some of you in this room have the special gift to pray and believe for the supernatural. Now, does that mean you have some kind of super spidey powers and that you are able to heal people? No, of course not. But I believe the gift of miracles has three unique parts if it's operating in your life. First, you have a supernatural faith and belief in the power of God. 
when you hear about something that needs supernatural intervention, you immediately have the faith to believe that God is able and will do that miracle. Secondly, I believe those that have the gift of miracles have an ear to heaven to hear the spirit when he speaks that he wants to demonstrate his power through a miracle. You can be walking along every day, but if you have the gift of miracles, God can speak to you and say, I want you to pray. I want to heal that person. And you have an ear to heaven to be able to hear when God has that in store for someone. And lastly, I believe, sorry, I lost my spot that God gives us holy boldness to step out and speak out that revelation and pray the prayer of faith for a miracle. If you have a certain boldness that you are able to step out and pray, then I believe God might have gifted you with the gift of miracles. Look at our story of Peter in Acts chapter 3. He did not hesitate to believe that God was able to heal that lame man at the temple gate. He didn't hesitate. Whenever I read that story, I'm always like, oh, man, Peter, you really went out on a limb there, right? When he just is like, yeah, I don't have any money, but in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. I always think like, oh, my goodness, what if he didn't? Like, in front of all of those, anybody else like that? Like, I really believe, Lord, but wow, that is some serious boldness to just in that moment have such a confidence to just say, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk, right? He, had a, he did not hesitate to believe that God was able to heal that lame man. Second, he had a supernatural leading that caused him to stop and pray, right? I wonder how many times Peter had walked by that man. It said that he sat at the temple gate every single day for 40 years. So that can't have been the first time that he walked past him. It can't have, maybe every other time he did put a coin in his bucket. Maybe he did every time give him money. But there was something that day that Peter's ear bent to heaven and his infilling of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit stopped him and said, today I'm going to do something unique for this man. Today I'm going to do a miracle. Peter walked with God close enough that when he was challenged to ask for something different, he heard the voice of God. And lastly, he boldly prayed that prayer and asked God to heal that man. So that is the spiritual gift of miracles. If you see some of those tendencies in your life, I want to encourage you, begin to pray for the faith to grow that gift in you, for boldness to grow in you, to hear the voice of God. Amen? Amen. Second, I want to talk about the gift of healing. Now, maybe you're thinking, wait a minute, I thought that's what we were talking about. But interesting enough, the gifts of miracles and healing are two different concepts in the scriptures. Actually, the list in 1 Corinthians 12 that lists spiritual gifts, it says the same spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else the, he gives the gift of healing, and to another he gives the power to perform miracles. And I guess I always thought of those two as being the same thing, but it's actually very different, and it's really interesting. The word miracles is the word dunamis, which we've talked about before. It's like dynamite. It's an instant power of God. It's a, a miraculous, powerful demonstration of God's power. The gift of miracles is the ability to perform these supernatural acts. It's an instant healing. But the word healing is a totally different word in the Greek. It's the word iama, and it means a remedy or a cure, a medicine, or a means of healing. And this is why it's really important to understand this distinctive. 
because some of you have the gift of miracles and you have the supernatural ability to pray for instant healing. And some of you have the gift of healing and God uses you through insight, wisdom, care, compassion, and skill to bring about a miracle in someone's life. You see the difference? Sometimes miracles are instant and sometimes healing takes time. And God is in both of them. God is in both of them. There are doctors and nurses and nutritionists and physical therapists and fitness trainers who have knowledge and skill and insight to bring healing and wholeness to broken bodies. There are therapists and counselors who understand mental health and can help bring healing to minds that are broken. There are social workers and counselors that help bring healing to relational issues and help give people tools and resources to bring healing to families. You see, sometimes God does a miracle, and sometimes God brings healing. Now, I really like the miracle. I really like it when it's like, wow, it's just gone. Thank you, Lord, right? That's amazing. But more often than not in my life, the Lord has taken me through a process of healing He's taken me a process of changing some things in my life that I need to change. It's a slow change. It's a slow healing. It's a slow process. And yet, just like God uses human agents for miracles, God uses human agents for healing. And I'm so grateful for the people in my life, the people who have come alongside me who have that gift, who have helped me, Doctors who have helped me, chiropractors who have helped me, counselors who have helped me, people that have walked alongside of me for the long haul and listened to the voice of God and helped me bring healing to my life. Has anybody else experienced that? Yes. Sometimes God does a miracle and sometimes God brings healing. And if you have the natural gift of healing, Perhaps you're drawn to a field like I talked about, maybe in the medical field or a mental health specialist or a counselor or someone who is involved in physical health. I want to encourage you, take that natural gifting that you have, that natural compassion and mercy and the skill that you have and the intellect and the understanding that God has given you. And I want to encourage you to embrace that it's also a spiritual gift and that the Spirit of God can absolutely anoint and empower you to supernaturally use that gift for the kingdom of God. I know doctors who, when they're operating, they stop and can't figure out a solution, and they stop and they say, I just prayed, and I felt the Holy Spirit direct me to look somewhere else, try something else, try a different medication, try something else. I see a chiropractor who is a friend of mine, but she's also a believer. And there are so many times that she stops and prays with me. There are times that she's like, I can't figure out what's going on with you. And she'll come back the next week and go, you know, I was just praying. And I just think we're going to try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. And she has learned to take her natural gifting and allow the Holy Spirit to also speak to her through that, right? So if this is something that might be a spiritual gift in you, I want you to pray that the Holy Spirit's supernatural power would reveal insight and knowledge to you to know what to look for, to know what to try, to know how to best bring healing to the people you're helping. Pray for the right words to say 
that the Holy Spirit would bring to mind a recollection of something you read once or an idea that you would have never had on your own, but the Spirit of God who knows every person's body and can give you insight beyond your own understanding would reveal it to you. And pray that you would not operate in your own strength, but that the Holy Spirit would operate through you to bring healing to people's lives. I'm so grateful for the people in my life that have the gift of healing, who have invested time and energy and effort with me to help me. So as we wrap up today, I want to challenge those of you that may have these spiritual gifts of miracles and healing with three things that I think are really important for you. Number one, protect belief. Protect belief. Doubt will absolutely crush this gift in you. Doubt will absolutely stop the operation of this gift, which is hard because in my mind, I don't doubt that God is able to do a miracle. I don't doubt that God is able to bring healing. I just don't necessarily understand all of the ins and outs of how and why he chooses to do it. And so because of that, I think sometimes we just get hesitant and we just stop praying, right? Because I don't understand how and why. And if you've been around longer than two seconds, you've prayed for somebody, believed for something, and the outcome hasn't been what you thought. And the enemy loves to get in there and go, see, God must not be able to do that. But the truth is, when we surrender our lives to God and to the sovereignty of God and say, okay, Lord, I might not understand all of these outcomes. I trust in you, and I surrender myself to your will. We will never understand this side of heaven why sometimes miracles and healings happen and why sometimes they don't. But I think this uncertainty has caused so many of us to stop praying and stop believing and stop asking God to do the supernatural. This is why it's so important to protect against doubt, to protect against that unbelief. Submit yourself to the sovereignty of God when the outcomes aren't what you wanted and continue to fan the flames of belief. Remind yourself of the goodness of God. Our job is to just believe God, to pray the prayer of faith, and then to leave the outcome in his hands, amen? So first, protect belief. Second is to lean on the supernatural leading of God. Just like Paul, walking down the same path one day, heard the Lord say, stop, pray. I'm going to do something here. If we want to be people of healing and miracles, we have to keep our ear bent towards heaven. Going throughout our day, we have to be listening when God says, I want to do something supernatural. I want you to hear what I'm saying. We have to lean on the supernatural leading of God. Every miracle in scripture is tied to prayer. It's tied to having a life of prayer, to knowing the voice of God and knowing when he speaks to you. So if you want to operate in this gift, you have to learn to keep your ear bent towards heaven. And lastly, boldly obey. Boldly obey. What use is it to hear the voice of God and to believe in the power of God if we're too timid to ever pray? Now, this is hard, right? Because I want to pray for big things and everything in my head is going, what if it doesn't work? What if they're not healed? What if the miracle doesn't happen? And we start, am I going to look stupid? Am I going to look like a fool? Listen, if you are going to operate in the gifts of healing and miracles, you have to reconcile this in your heart. That we don't always know 
all our job is, is to boldly ask for what God has told us to ask for. And we can believe. So we have to be bold. We can't be afraid to pray for God to do the supernatural. Ask God to give you insight. And don't be afraid to use that information. Maybe you are a medical professional and God gives you some insight and you think, I don't know, should I say that? Should I do that? Should I try that? Listen, trust the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you and be bold. So today as we wrap up, I just want to take a few minutes and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for one another. Scripture tells us that this is a part of how we operate as the body of Christ. The book of James tells us that if anyone among us is sick, if anyone among us is broken, if anyone among us is hurting, that what we're supposed to do is when we gather together, we call on each other. We ask to be prayed for. We pray the prayer of faith and we pull our faith together and we ask God to do the miraculous. And I don't think it's any accident that the Lord touched a girl in our church this week with something supernatural. I think he was setting the stage for our belief to rise, for what he wants to do today. I don't think it was an accident that God has been moving in our midst. I think he wants us to ask for bigger things. And so today, let's just stand together. I'm going to ask our pastors and elders in the room to come up. And we're going to do what scripture says. We are going to pray for those that are sick, body, mind, soul, and spirit. You might have something in your body that you're praying for. You might want to pray for a family member that is sick. And you might want to just uh, stand in their place. You might want to pray for something going on in your mental health that you need a breakthrough. You might need deliverance of something that seems to have a stronghold over your life. We are believing with you. And we have people here today that are going to pray with you. So as Carly leads us, I want to encourage you, come up and get prayer. And those of us remaining, let's believe. Let's stand with them. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Jesus is